0: Um, one last thing you're talking about health and injuries, you know, Byron Murphy has dealt with some little ones. keeps getting uh-huh. hit with a questionable tag, but it, it, I don't want to get too far into it. You're going to go behind enemy lines and get to look from the 49ers side here as well. But it, it, one of the the biggest things when I think about this matchup, you know, we talk about how Christian McCaffrey, they could go out, they make the move for him. And it does make them obviously next okay. level. Uh, next level on the offensive side. But then you have Ayuk, and then you have Debo Samuel, and then you have George Kittle. Like, as good as or as optimistic as the defensive side of the ball has allowed Arizona fans to feel, when you look at this matchup and Jimmy G, like kind of Mr. Consistency in a lot of ways, do you think it's going to be that's probably the most glaring area where it's, boy, how do we cover all these guys? Because we know the Cardinals do not have the depth at the cornerback position to say we can go toe-to-toe with one, two, three weapons to say nothing of CMC coming out of the backfield.
1: I don't know, though, because I look at this defense and they've steadily gotten better week after week after week, and they've gotten healthier. I mean, it's not like the offense. The offense is banged up galore. The defense, and yes, you mentioned like nicked up injuries, Buddha and, and Byron, for example, but Marco Wilson's gotten better week after week. Uh, Hamilton's gotten better week after week. Yep. You know, he had that incident in the offseason where he, where he accidentally burnt himself in the kitchen. He, You know, now we're five, six, seven weeks removed. He's playing like the guy, I mean, coming out of camp, they said he was the definite number two corner and he had earned the, earned the spot. So, yep. and then you look at the, the linebackers, you look at Isaiah Simmons playing better week after week. You look at Zayvon Collins playing better week after week. Then you go to the defensive line. I mean, Zach Allen's been impressive. Uh, uh, my, uh, my, Sanders last week had a couple disruptive plays. So you're getting contributions from rookies. You're getting contributions from some of the sophomores. You're getting <laughs> some of the juniors. I mean, guys that have been on the team two, three years, they're, they're stepping up and then the rookies are stepping up. So, when I look at the Niners offense, I think, okay. I mean, they haven't been clicking on all cylinders. I, my biggest concern with the Niners run game would be Elijah Mitchell. Uh, you know, he, he tore it up this past week. I think he had almost 90 yards. He averaged almost, I think it was five yards a carry. Mm-hmm. So uh, you got that, that one, two punch with uh, Mitchell and, and CMC and, yeah, the run game scares me a little bit. I'm not too concerned with Garoppolo in the pass game, though. I, I think I think our team can be built to sustain that, but where I think we struggle on defense is is kind of containing both the run and the pass. So you know, you're gonna slip somewhere.
0: Yeah, it's tricky too, because I'm just like I'm looking back at like San Francisco and just their record. I mean, listen, Arizona is kind of hard to gauge, but it's a fair point that you make about the defense mostly being healthy and then also mostly getting consistently better, like incremental steps forward. It's well, they're so they're all I mean, playing been, together, right? Like, yeah, like they've continuity. been
1: together. You're not throwing in different guys like the offense. So,
0: and the weird thing to me, it's been such a weird year in the NFL in general. Like, I'm looking over the 49ers schedule, and you go, you know, these last couple of wins, they have back-to-back wins. 31 points against the Rams and they only give up 14, but the Rams have been a mess. So, you know, it's not the same stock you want to put in that. They beat the chargers, 22, 16 chargers have been better, but they haven't been the team. We thought they were going to be coming in. Right. And then on top of that, and maybe to your point, a little bit here, you go back to two prior weeks. Listen, Kansas city, take it off the table, but Atlanta, you know, you lose 28, 14 to Atlanta. And that's less about giving up the 28 points. A defense can have a bad game, but it's atlanta you got to be able to find a way to manufacture mm-hmm. some offensive success against them so this is a weird it, i may take back a little bit this idea that I, I do think that san francisco is a team that's getting better as the season goes along but just noticing that they have two wins against a very bad this season rams team also carolina thrown in there it, it's actually not as strong or as as building of a resume as i thought it was So i mean maybe you Maybe I do give the Cardinals a puncher's chance here to maybe be catching this thing at the right moment with San Francisco before maybe they're they, going to go on a little bit of a run. If
1: Colt McCoy does start, he did beat the Niners last year. So, I mean, there may be something to that. Just like the Cardinals are getting better week by week, you got to think the Niners are getting better week by week, though, yeah. with with CMC now being in the fold a little bit. I, this is his fourth game now. We'll see. I, I mean, you know, they're getting – like I said, Mitchell came back last week so they're starting to get healthy. They're starting to get continuity. So it's, it's going to be a clash Monday. And like, like we said, you know, most of the recent podcasts, it's been the Cardinals haven't been blown out other than the Kansas city game. You know, they've been in these games. If they can stay in this game on Monday, then yeah, it's a boxer's chance, right? A fighter's shot at winning this game. So all right, now at this time, we're going to go behind enemy lines from our brother podcast here on the Odyssey Sports uh, slew of podcasts. Uh, from the 415ers, I've got Mr. Mark Grandy. Mark, how you doing, bud?
2: I'm doing well, Tyler. Thanks so much for having me on. Appreciate it.
1: No, pumped we could get you on. I I will tell you, so when we do this, you know, I always reach out to the brother sister pods on the network, mm-hmm. so to speak, right? I always reach out. And I'm like, okay, let's let's, you know, it'd be good to share some love back and forth. And to me, it's a no brainer. Right. Then then we'll tweet it out. We'll tag each other. It'll be fantastic. Uh The two times, because we've already played them twice, that I tried to get someone from the brother sister pod up in Seattle. (laughs) They ghosted me both times, like just no showed galore. And uh, I just think the rivalry runs real deep between the Cardinals and Seahawks. And, you know, the rivalry runs a little deep between Cardinals and Niners. But I, I feel like there's some gentleman respect between the mm-hmm. two pods. And and I appreciate that. So I, I thank you for coming on tonight.
2: Oh, of course. Uh, very, very excited to be here. And, yeah, I mean, we didn't uh, – my, my co-host and I, Evan, we didn't reach out to uh, the uh, the opposing podcast in Seattle for week two but we'll probably do it when they play Thursday night football in Seattle I think it's week 15 but yeah. if they didn't get back to y-
1: Don't to even bother you- don't if even bother. Get back to you. For Waste the partners, your time. I, don't,
2: I don't think they're going to get back to me for, on the 49ers. No, so we'll see. No, they,
1: they'll say that they don't check their emails, but <laughs> I mean, I think I know what it really
2: is. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We got,
1: uh, well, <laughs> let's hop right into it. I'm live from a hotel here in Mexico city. Um, you look like you're in a radio studio somewhere. Uh, I'm
2: assuming in the Bay area. Yeah. indeed, Downtown San Francisco right now. Yes, sir. Nice. I love it. I
1: love it. I always love going to up, up to San Fran. I made the trip last year and came out for that game in, in San Fran. So, um, Can we get you on a plane to Mexico for the game Monday? What what are the Uh, over-under on those odds?
2: uh, Not good. I would love (laughs) to, but it's unfortunately not going to happen. Seems like it would just be, I mean, what, like 100,000 people might be there to watch the game, something like that?
1: Yeah. Did you see the stat that like 80% of tickets purchased all came from zip codes in the Bay Area?
2: I did. Yeah. And we actually had uh, George Kittle on our, our station 95, seven, the game earlier this week. And he said, uh, you know, you give the Niners fans an opportunity to get tickets anywhere in the world and they're going to show up. And it certainly looks like they're going to on Monday night.
1: I respect that. So my day job is I run what's called Berg. Well, not my day job, but my side business is a, <laughs> it's called Berging travel and we take fans to road games, do a whole package. That's what we're doing this weekend in, in Mexico. So anytime I see, the, the, the opposing team have fans in other cities. It's it's pretty cool to see, I, regardless if uh, they're in division or not. But uh, I, do, I don't like seeing the Niner fans, but they always turn out pretty good at Westgate uh, over over at Glendale when, when your team comes out to Arizona. But um, with that being said, let's get into the Niners. Let's get into this matchup on Monday. Jimmy Garoppolo, Mr. Consistency, if I've ever seen it. Um, his last three games averaging uh, a completion percentage of about 67% or better. Um, he's had a mid nineties QB rating or better. So, you know, playing well, I, I mean, all things considered, um, you know, going into the year, you guys started with Trey Lance. I didn't think he was going to make it, uh, through a full season. If I wish I had, I don't want to bet on injuries, but I wish I would have bet. I didn't think he was going to make it for one of two reasons. I thought either he was going to underperform in the passing game and Garoppolo was going to get onto the field. Or there would be an injury because of how much he runs. Um, I've seen that story all too well with with Tyler Murray. He gets nicked up when he runs. So uh, those running quarterbacks oftentimes don't make it through a full season. So with that being said, I mean, what have you seen from Jimmy G this year? and What can we be anticipating Monday?
2: Well, yeah, there was certainly a a kind of a feeling out period early in the year. I mean, he took over midway through really after the first quarter of week two against the Seahawks, played pretty well. And he said post game at that moment, hey, you know, it's like riding a bike. You know, I've been the starter here for a number of years. But then if you remember, week three uh, was that Sunday night game in Denver when the Niners offense scored nine points and Jimmy Garoppolo stepped, you know, out of bounds in the back of the end zone and committed a safety. And that was, you know, worst game of Jimmy Garoppolo's career and he's like you know it's going to take a while to you know get back uh you know into the you know normal you know feel of things just because I didn't really have a normal offseason and training camp but since then he's been really good and as you mentioned he's been really consistent and the big thing with Jimmy Garoppolo it is always the turnovers we we call them Jimmy G oh no throws is what a lot of us call him out here in the Bay Area he seems to make Two, three, four of them a game, but he has really cut those down recently. The game a couple of weeks ago, right before the bye week against the Rams, he had a couple, but they didn't go for interceptions or turnovers. One bounced off Jalen Ramsey's chest, a bit lucky for Jimmy Garoppolo. But this most recent week against the Chargers, really no turnover-worthy throws by my estimation. He was really good. There were some that you know were bad throws and, and high and, and well outside of his of his target, but nowhere near defenders either that's certainly better than an interception just a simple incomplete pass so I've been pleasantly surprised by Jimmy Garoppolo I mean as a backup quarterback you possibly you, you could not possibly ask for anything better and with all the uh the, the weapons that he has now on offense with Debo Samuel and and George Kittle and now Christian McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk who's really becoming his favorite target in the passing game over the last month month and a half he does not need to be incredible. He does not need to be special. He just needs to be efficient and not turn the ball over. And he's done that recently. And that's where the Niners have been playing better, uh, better football. So if he does that against the Cardinals on Monday night, there's probably a decent chance that the Niners will be in a pretty good position to win the game.
1: You talked about Debo Samuel. I know he was a little nicked up a couple weeks ago, and I personally have him on a fantasy team or two. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, hasn't been great. So, I mean, is this just because of the injury slowing him down a little bit? Is it because Jimmy G has made Iuke that favorite target, or or could we see a resurgence of, of Debo Samuel, what made him special really down the stretch last year? I mean, last year and in the playoffs, I mean, it was like Debo was the entire team at times. I mean, yeah, he really took yeah. over in the run game and in the past game.
2: Yeah. We've talked about this a lot in our, on, on our podcast, the four one is my, my host Evan and I over the last couple of weeks, really since the Christian McCaffrey trade, because the question has always been, are there, a, you know, are there too many mouths to feed now on the mm-hmm. offense? You have so many players that are deserving of 10, 12 touches a game. I mean, you have all pros everywhere on offense. Who's going to be the odd man out. And recently it's been, kind of a combination of George Kittle and Debo Samuel. But for Debo specifically, you know, last year his, uh, you know, explosion in the run game and in the passing game, I mean, I think people forget he had, I think, 1,400 receiving yards to go with all of the work he did on the ground in the second half of the season. But that, you know, work as a running back was really by need because the Niners just didn't have – any other healthy options that they trusted so Kyle Shanahan said hey Debo Samuel is basically a running back we just throw him the ball instead of hand it off to him why don't we just hand it off to him and see how it works and it ended up working phenomenally and and now he's a really really well-paid wide receiver running back combo so a lot of that last year and all of those touches and and him being the focal point of an offensive game plan and the opponent's defensive game plan I argue a lot of it was more so just because the Niners needed someone to give the ball to, they didn't have anyone else. This year, they have all these other weapons, and you add in now Christian McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk's, you know, emergence, as you mentioned. Um, and I think he's just simply not getting as many more touches because they don't need to give him as many more touches. And the conversation last year around Debo Samuel was... This guy cannot possibly keep this up because he's going mm-hmm. to get run into the ground. You're giving him the ball, you're asking him to run between tackles and he's he's taking on all this extra pressure and and all these added hits. What's going to happen, you know, in the future? And now the conversation is get him the ball more and I, you can't really have it both ways. Perhaps there is a happy medium in between and I think we'll probably see that more as the season wears along but at this moment considering that the Niners are are five and four and they control their own destiny in the um in the in the race for the division at the moment they do have another game with Seattle coming up but they already won the first matchup these games aren't absolute must-win games for the 49ers like they were down the stretch last year and of course in the playoffs if the Niners get to that position and when they get to that position again, I'm sure we'll see an uptick in Debo Samuels' usage. But unfortunately for you and, and you know his fantasy owners, I'm not quite sure it's something that you're immediately going to see 10, 12, 13, 14 touches for him once again, right now in this game on Monday night.
1: Debo was pretty vocal in the offseason before he got paid that uh, you know, he, he made it pretty no he created a stink, right? Kyler Murray did it as well for yeah. us. Do you see him not being happy at some point if this doesn't, if the uptick doesn't happen, and see him causing a stink, maybe in terms of you know rep not playing time because he he plays a lot, but it's getting the ball, you know, the Terrell Owens like feed me the Chad Ochocinco's of the world. I mean, I don't know Debo enough. Is is he that kind of guy? Like would would could you see that happening if this continues?
2: Yeah, I think if if you had to say one guy in this offense is going to feel that way, it would probably be Debo. Not saying I think that's going to happen, but it's probably more likely him than a George Kittle or a Christian McCaffrey or a Brandon Ayuk or really anyone else on offense. I think he's probably the guy. You know built that way more so than anything the conversation last year and in the offseason that you're talking about was you know him requesting a trade and all the reports were he doesn't want to be used as a running back as he's scared uh-huh. of at what that might do for his future um, you know in terms of his ability to to reach a second large contract because all these hits might take a toll on his body um, but what he said after he signed the contract extension was no I, I never had any problem running the ball I just of course wanted to be compensated for it but I'm always willing." to do anything for the team that was always of course more so on the extreme of overuse as opposed to underuse i'm yeah. not sure if i'm not sure if he would um you know maybe say that same thing like yeah whatever the team needs if he's only getting 3 touches a game um i think as long as the team is winning he will be okay but let's say uh, the 49ers fall to the cardinals on monday night they return home, and they, they lose to New Orleans. And then Mike McDaniel, the Niners' you know, run-game protege, who's now leading the Miami Dolphins, returns home, and he beats the Niners again. And suddenly they're looking at a three-game losing streak, and maybe they don't make the playoffs. And Debo Samuel is still averaging like five touches a game. At that point, we might uh, hear him voice some frustrations. But I think as long as the team is, is competing and, and winning games and, and still has a chance to win this division – he'll be okay with it. But I think if there is someone that might feel that way, whether or not he vocalizes it or not, it's probably Debo.
1: We just had the same situation with, you know, Benjamin. That's the only reason (laughs) I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. I'm trying to add a little (laughs) bit, you know what I mean? Um, Let's talk about this defense. I know when I was on your guys' show earlier today, you had mentioned uh, that defensive line is is pretty banged up for you guys, which honestly might be a blessing for us because our offensive line is uh, a bunch of, I don't know, tape and Band-Aids and glue. So, uh, I mean, when we look at this game Monday, uh, the defense has been a strength for this team. Do you see this Cardinal offense being able to take advantage of of some of that situation right now?
2: Well, I think a, a big question there and we we talked about this when you were on our podcast as you mentioned a big question there is whether or not Hollywood Brown's going to play having you know uh, a second or third receiver you also factor in Rondale Moore and then of course DeAndre Hopkins that that threesome I think will be hard for the 49ers to, to defend they're relatively um, it's, it's kind of slim pickings in the, in the defensive secondary for the 49ers right now they've had some injuries in that regard this season as well but kind of the the bandaid over everything has been their defensive line and and the defensive line's ability to put pressure on quarterbacks. Uh, But at practice on Thursday, the Niners by the way are practicing in Colorado to get ready for the elevation in Mexico city. What they were not aware of is that it's 20 degrees and snowing in Colorado. So Kind of difficult to practice in those conditions. But at practice on Thursday, Eric Armstead did not practice. It seems unlikely that he will play. Uh, Samson Ebukam, who missed last week, he did not practice. Not quite sure what his status is. Javon Kinlaw is on IR. So those are three of your four starting defensive linemen. Nick Bosa, uh, he did not practice as well, but just a rest day. He is full go, and he'll be ready to play on Monday. But there are holes on that defensive line. The good news for the 49ers is they are pretty deep. Charles O'Manahue had a really good game on Sunday night against the uh against the Chargers. He had a sack. And, you know, Jordan Willis is a guy they can throw in there. Kevin Givens, guys that you probably haven't heard of, heard of if you're not a diehard fan of the 49ers, but they do have some depth that they can squeeze in there. Uh, but if if this is a Cardinals offense, as you mentioned, that uh, that has those three receivers. Maybe it's Kyler Murray, maybe it's Colt McCoy. I think the uh, the the one po- point of this game that might decide it is if that banged-up 49ers defensive line can put pressure on whichever quarterback it is, whether it is McCoy or, or Kyler Murray, because if those three receivers are healthy and all playing, the, the big one there is Hollywood Brown, it's probably going to be difficult for the 49ers to cover all of them for too long. So pressure from the banged-up defensive line, I think, is something to keep an eye on in this one.
1: That quick Colt Murray – Colt Murray. That quick uh, (laughs) Colt McCoy release uh, is going to be crucial again this week. He was trying to avoid Aaron Donald uh, last week, and he did a really good job about it. I think Aaron Donald only had one um, QB pressure, uh, uh, QB hit, I think is what he had. Um, And if he can do that again against this defense line and and this defense as a whole, I mean, I think that would bode well for the Cardinals. Last question I got for you is – you know, the, the, it's a statement slash question. Uh, the, the Cardinals were struggling a lot offensively. They're just earlier in the season. It was a real mess. It's still kind of a mess. But um, they had a Thursday night game. You know, they're featured around the country. A big game against the Saints. They pull out a win. Um, much needed win for the Cardinals at that time. And, you know, we're celebrating and I'm in the middle of, of walking from the stadium over to the sports book to record the pod, the game pod and I get a notification on my phone, the 49ers have just traded for Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> and I have to believe that was on purpose. And it was to steal some spotlight and thunder from division rivals, the Arizona Cardinals, uh, that they would announce that at, or they would leak that info at that time of the evening uh, on a Thursday night game. But, with that being said, instead of just waiting for Friday, right? They like, could have waited <laughs> for Friday for the news. It literally came out like uh, four minutes I mean, after the, the game ended.
2: They they were trying their best to beat the uh, Los Angeles Rams to the punch. So I think yeah, every yeah. second mattered. They wanted to get a deal done okay. as quickly as possible. All
1: right. You think they're, uh, they've are they got better character than I do. But okay. <laughs> um, with that being said, I, I mean, you know, he, can't, he played like that Sunday too, which was great, like four yeah. days later against the Chiefs. And then now he's played two games since. Um, last week, but the, the surprise was, uh, was Mitchell in the backfield was, uh, he actually came back from injury and he, what'd he rip off? 90 yards is what it was. 90 yards and five yards of carry almost 90 yeah. yards, 89 yards. Um, talk about the backfield. I know that's been a strength of the Niners the past few years. I was a big Mostert guy and a big Jeff Wilson, uh, junior guy and, and kind of having the, Oh, who's the third one. You guys had another back too, that I like, uh, yeah, it was Burita. yeah. Um so it was like a three-headed monster over there. And you know, you know what it was? When you guys had that, I it got me in the the belief that you do no you no longer pay running backs. And then they trade for Christian McCaffrey <laughs> and completely abolish that opinion of of that's what the Niners were doing. But um yeah, I you know, when honestly when the Cardinals paid James Conner, I was like, "Man, why?" Why? Like running backs are a dime a dozen. Now go yeah. get a bunch of young guys. We saw with, you know, Benjamin before the cut him. We've seen it with County Ingram a little bit. So now we talk about this Niners uh, run game with Christian McCaffrey and uh, Elijah Mitchell. Um, tell, tell us about what we're going to see there on Monday between the two.
2: Well, yeah, it was super interesting. McCaffrey's second game, his first start, you mentioned the first game against the Chiefs, but his first start against the Rams, he had the the trifecta, the, the yep. receiving touchdown, the throwing touchdown, and the rushing touchdown was not nearly as explosive on Sunday night against the Chargers. He had 14 carries, only 38 yards, less than three per carry did have that touchdown from, from a yard or two out that put the Niners ahead in the fourth quarter. Also caught four passes for 39 yards, but all in all, a relatively tame game. I think specifically what happened in this game against the Chargers was the Niners were so content running the ball with mm-hmm. their power running back, Elijah Elijah Mitchell. He's more of the, the bruiser between the tackles. McCaffrey is certainly strong and capable of breaking tackles, but Elijah Mitchell was the guy who can just lower the shoulder and and run over a linebacker if he wants to and and get three or four extra yards. And the Niners, I mean, as a, as a team, they ran for 157 yards. They ran the ball 41 times. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is undefeated when his teams rush for rush the ball 40 times or more. So uh, the Niners had a ton of success running the ball. And I think if this was a game in which the running game wasn't quite as effective Uh, if the Niners were were down by a a bigger total in the second half, we would have seen more Christian McCaffrey touches because he's more of the explosive guy who can break a big one or or take just a simple throw out to the flat from Jimmy Garoppolo and break it for 25, 30 yards, maybe break it all the way for a touchdown. But if you're getting five, six, seven yards a pop on first down on the ground with Elijah Mitchell, you don't need to go away from it. So See, I think the it hot was hand, right? Exactly. Yeah. I, I think it was more of a situation of how the game was going and the game script and and what was working and 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 the fact that the Niners did not need to, you know, fix anything because it wasn't really broken. But if they get into a game where an, an opponent sh- uh, shuts down the run a bit better or they're trailing by 10 points in the third quarter, then we'll see more Christian McCaffrey. But kind of similar to the Debo conversation earlier, I'm not sure we're going to see Kyle Shanahan, considering all the weapons that he has, he's not going to wear any one individual into the ground. They needed it in that game against the Rams because Elijah Mitchell was not back yet. Uh, Debo Samuel was not playing in that game. The third receiver, Jawan Jennings, was not playing in that game. They needed more from Christian McCaffrey in that game. They did not need nearly as much against the Chargers. So I think it's kind of going to kind of be a, a game-by-game basis, depending on the situation, how much McCaffrey is going to be used. If it's a game like the Chargers game was, we'll probably see more Mitchell. But if it's a game where they not, the Niners need more, then certainly we'll see more of the superstar Christian McCaffrey because there's no doubt he is this team's best offensive player. They just didn't quite need it in that win against the Chargers.
1: Yeah, Christian McCaffrey obviously has had a lot of injuries over the past few years and was really the the workhorse of the Carolina Panthers. So, uh, you know, ultimately, I think the Niners are doing the right thing by uh, running the hot hand and, and kind of – less is more with christian mccaffrey at this point spare him out till the playoffs and then run him to the ground or the playoffs if (laughs) you want but uh with that being said mark appreciate you coming on he's mark grandy from the 415ers our uh brother sister podcast and the odyssey sports home of podcasts covering the 49ers thanks mark yep of course thanks tyler